Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm a retail transformation specialist. I'm a consultant and advisor and work with senior leaders in retail businesses to drive change and to realize the ideal operating model. I'm also the author of the upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation, How to Navigate Disruption and Change. And the launch of this book is just a few weeks away now, on the 5th of March, 2024. And let me tell you, I cannot wait to share much more with you and see it hit the shelves and hopefully your bookshelves. Find out more at drivingretailtransformation.com. I appreciate you tuning in today. This one is episode 275, number 275. Now, last time round, we took on a topic that many retailers are facing up against at the moment. The balance between short-term gains, woohoo, but unfortunately suffering long-term pains, boo, <laughs> as a result of those changes, those streamlining efforts often. And we looked at a number of different approaches and tactics and techniques that you can apply to help realize some short-term benefits, you know, particularly in the face of poor performance or particularly challenging financials. So if you've not checked out episode 274, then do take a listen to that episode. It's not a prerequisite to tune in today, but if you find today's episode interesting, then I'm sure you're going to find some value and golden nuggets in episode 274. So do take a listen. But in today's episode, like I said last time, I'm really keen to think about how can we prevent us falling into that challenging situation in the first place? so that we never have to be in a place where we're trying to balance short-term changes to drive usually the financials or any other KPI at the proverbial cost of the long-term viability or performance of the business. But if we find ourselves in one of these tough situations, really there are two different aspects or two different causes, I suppose. Firstly, there could be poor business performance. And secondly, there could be mass market disruption. And goodness knows we've seen enough of that in recent times. And of course, that mass market disruption is linked to poor performance, i.e. the disruption causes poor performance, either through increasing costs, like we saw following the Ukraine-Russia conflict breaking out, new processes like we saw with the COVID pandemic, or of course, reduced sales and or profitability numbers like we saw with the cost of living crisis. So we've Ticked a lot of boxes in the last few years, unfortunately. But whilst mass market disruption can lead to poor performance, poor performance, as I'm sure you can work out, can be created all by ourselves as well. (laughs) Um, And that is, I suppose, a, a challenge, but it's also a positive because it's within our control, right? But whether you're in a challenged position because of either of those two factors, There is always going to be an element of peaks and troughs through business. Times where life is good, business is trading well, lots of profits coming in, happy days. 
and other times where it's not. If you look at businesses over the long run, there's always this cyclical nature, right? And I suppose the first big piece of advice is make hay while the sun shines, right? When we're at a peak, then we need to be investing for the future, either to help us weather the troughs or perhaps to help us move to a different growth curve such that we can avoid the troughs completely. And so today, we're going to be looking at different techniques and approaches that you can apply to avoid the troughs. Now, of course, in your particular business, there are going to be millions of different specific changes and opportunities that you can take over. So we're going to think about this more at a macro level in today's episode. You'll find the show notes over at obandco.uk slash 275. That's obandco.uk slash 275. And whilst you're over there, do sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. This is my email newsletter that keeps you informed at how the industry is evolving with key headlines from around the world, plus insights and some tips to help you transform better. Sign up by heading on over to obandco.uk slash 275. So how do we make hay whilst the sun shines? That's the big exam question, I suppose. But first, a quick caveat, because if the last few years have taught us anything, as per my comments a couple of minutes ago, there is a level of inevitability with regard to market disruption. There is always going to be some unsettling force coming around the corner, completely unpredictable, something you cannot plan for. And this disruption will, individually and or collectively, thrust us into times of crisis. You think about how you and your organisation have changed, reacted and evolved just over the past few short years. We've dealt with the unexpected. We've dealt with the volatile market. And some of the key words that have come out of that period are around agility and flexibility. These are the key skills. We need to be able to adapt our approach, our strategy our business model, our operating model. And I suppose given this inevitability, I'd like to draw a parallel outside of our retail industry to consider how we can approach these sort of tough situations. Because let's be honest, no one likes it, right? But let's just consider for a moment the special forces as a military unit. They are incredibly well planned with their missions. They'll gather as much info and intel as possible They'll analyze it to the most minute detail possible. They'll consider and weigh up plenty of different options, as well as the risks and hazards of any given operation. So the special forces are incredibly well planned. And when they're in the middle of a mission and unexpected things happen, they have to adapt on the fly. And of course, depending on what that particular activity or action or occurrence is, Will adjust how much the plan adapts. Is it just one individual that needs to adjust? Does the entire team need to communicate and adjust? And there are a number of different elements that fall into how they go about doing this, which we don't have time for today. You know, this is years worth of training, right? <laughs> but I'd also like you to consider what happens when things go foobar, completely wrong. The plan goes completely out of the window. Something catastrophic or extremely challenging has happened. Then what happens is that the team, both as team members and as a collective group, 
falls back on their overall values and their purpose. And that's what drives them to take action. They'll communicate. They'll share what's happening, what they can see, what's the insight they have on the ground from their point of view. In turn, they will work out the best approach to achieve their ultimate mission and hopefully come out alive as well, let's be honest. So think about how special forces adapt to this short-term challenge. They plan for success, but they adapt to avoid failure. How can you take a similar approach with your team, with your peers, with your colleagues? Plan for success and adapt to avoid failure. And I suppose as a company, back into the retail world now, as a company, you, individually and collectively, need to trust in your purpose, your North Star, your guiding light. Why do you exist? And I'm not talking about a big aspirational purpose like world peace or whatever. Why does your company exist from a consumer's perspective in particular? Why should a customer choose to shop with you? This is your purpose. This is the reason why ultimately you are in business. Because customers choose to keep you in business by putting their hands in their proverbial pockets and paying for goods or services, right? So as a company and as an individual, do you trust in your purpose? Because that is going to be the ultimate number one thing that you can do to avoid short-term blips down to poor performance. If you deliver on that purpose and are guided by that purpose, that's going to be your best approach for long-term success as well as short-term wins. And if you keep coming back to this purpose as individuals, as teams, and as a whole organization, like I say, then that is going to drive you forwards. And I keep coming back to, you know, as individuals and as teams or as companies. And this is so important because so often we suffer from challenges as individual people, but then that can create misalignment within a company. But also we suffer challenges as teams where the culture isn't then directed towards where we want the culture to head, for example. And if we can get individuals and teams aligned as an organization, everyone pulling in the same direction, everyone understanding where we want to go, again, that will help immeasurably in anything that you want to do. Good times or bad times, sun is shining or not. (laughs) So do you trust in your purpose? And if not, then what is the action that you need to take to really surface that? Is the purpose something that you need to revisit? Or is there a more deeply embedded challenge and issue to face directly into? It's also important to take an honest look at the business. How is performance going right now, genuinely? Where are the risks that you foresee within the business? What areas of the performance or your KPI dashboards, etc., are just not working well enough? Where you know, you know you can do better as an organization. Where is that? Have an honest look in the mirror. Because I'm sure you've come across leading and lagging metrics. We've certainly covered it on probably countless episodes of the podcast. But where are your lagging metrics doing okay? Where are they okay, but your leading metrics are signing an alert symbol? Because that is an alarm to say your lagging metrics, something like sales, is going to falter soon. So where you see a mismatch between leading and lagging measures, how are you going to respond? And equally, Think about what are the leading indicators for your leading measures? What tells you about the future of your leading measures, essentially? How do you go further up the chain to 
forecast and to sense where this future poor performance could come from. So take an honest look at the business and understand the challenges that are present. So let's move on. Let's think about your review and planning cycles. Because really what you want to do here in these planning cycles is to avoid any unexpected short-term surprises. So consider how you can bring in more insight and more foresight from the market or from your customers, from the category that you specialize in or your niche or your competitors. How do you bring in more intel to begin to anticipate changes and disruption? How can you essentially be more proactive rather than reactive? And we'll come back to that in just a moment. And then once you've started to anticipate the change and the disruption that could exist, how can you take some speculative action or make plans early on for the future, which may or may not be useful, but they are, like I say, speculative plans based on your anticipation of what will happen. That may be around looking to avoid some long-term financial commitments or to ensure that you're building in breakpoints, for example, into contracts. Look at how you can improve the accuracy of your sales forecasts, for example, but also look at your cost forecasts as well. Consider your assumptions. Are your assumptions fair? Are you assuming cost increases or decreases? What's the impact of inflation, exchange rates, etc.? Is everyone aligned on those assumptions? It's reasonable to suggest that the more mature or big your organization is, the more mature the assumptions and the modeling will be. But consider what more you could do with this model. How can you build in more assumptions? How can you challenge and test the assumptions that already exist within it? How can you learn and build in variation and plans to be more robust to the variation as well. You know, consider what happens if things don't go to plan, not just what happens if things do go to plan. And this is going to help you to improve your planning and your review cycles and ultimately become more robust to disruption, but also anticipate the challenges that are coming at you down the road. And actually recently learned more about a tool called inversion. Now, I'm not sure if you've come across this before, but really it's about changing your point of view. Don't look at how you can achieve long-term success, which seems very counterintuitive. Don't look at how you can achieve success, but instead, instead, look at how you can avoid a particular failure mode. So how can you avoid failure rather than gunning for success? That really reminded me of that special forces example that we spoke about earlier, right? So let's rewind. We were talking about becoming more proactive earlier on, right? How can you continuously learn as an individual, as a team, as an organization about your category, your customers, and the broader market? How can you stay informed about the industry trends and themes? And given that intel, what capabilities and capacities are you going to need in the future or could you need in the future? And with all of this, how are you setting expectations and understanding other people's expectations in and around the business as well? And by looking at the assumptions, the forecasts and these expectations, you can be more proactive as you think about the future. You can start to face into these different discussions that you need to have 
which ultimately are going to lead you to avoid those short-term surprises. And in turn, you'll be clearer on your strategy and your approach, and you can build a more agile, flexible, and informed team. But given all of this intel and insight that we're forming, given all of the consideration about the future, you also need to have an effective transformation plan, building in elements of new innovation, building in elements of operational improvement and performance improvement. And really, you're going to look to balance incremental and fundamental transformation in this instance. And I'd actually like just to take a moment to give you a brief reading from my upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation. This is from a chapter called Finding the Ideal Transformation. Here goes. When we define a transformation, it's critical that we find a solution that meets and sets the right expectations. It must be big and bold enough to cover the business needs. It must be focused enough to guide the organization to a specific result. In addition, it should tackle the right opportunities and threats in a viable and meaningful way for the organization, the situation and the urgency. Defining the goals for the transformation and perhaps strategy will map out the destination for your transformation journey. This stage may also raise big existential questions to tackle. Who are our ideal customers? What does our brand mean? Why do we exist? These are important questions to face into and genuinely reflect on. However, often time is of the essence, so you may need to start the transformation journey and adapt along the way. Whilst this may be frowned on by some, when you're up against it, this head start can make all of the difference. Consider how an ambulance is dispatched to an emergency before all of the information has been shared about the situation. What's important is to make this an intentional decision in full knowledge that you will stay flexible and adjust on the fly. So that was a quick extract there from my upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation, How to Navigate Disruption and Change. And that's available to pre-order now, and it's launching on the 5th of March. So do stay tuned for more info on that, or head on over to drivingretailtransformation.com. Now in the book, in fact, in that particular chapter, I go on to lay out six different types of transformation that you may embark on. But what's crucial is as you start to think about your overall transformation portfolio, you're going to need to think about balancing your long and short term plans, making, for example, efficiency and productivity changes in an incremental way to deliver short term gains, but also making some larger bets, some more fundamental changes. You know, this could be major expansions. This could be moving into new business models that ultimately form your longer term opportunities. So be careful not to stifle innovation and expansion opportunities, like I say. And throughout all of these different transformations, you need to think about the consequences and the implications. Consider what happens next, what happens next, what happens next. Consider what else will be affected, who else will be affected. And you're going to need to build robustness into the business model. We've seen this over the last few years, right? You do not want to have all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Consider how you can then, therefore, expand into different territories, different product categories, different business models. Diversification is a big opportunity for companies to help avoid falling into those short-term challenges. 
And that might be diversification in, like I say, products, services, markets, models, customer segments, revenue streams, profit streams, lots of different opportunities. And actually, when you look at the breadth of, say, Amazon's ecosystem, Amazon's model, their diversification is incredible. And that helps them to be more robust so that when, for example, they're facing warehouse strikes, that does not actually corrupt their entire business, right? There is still all of the ad business or other warehouses, other territories, other business models like AWS, for example. All of those build robustness into a business model. You know, right early on, we spoke about the company's purpose, why you exist for customers. And it's also crucial to help avoid short-term blips. It's crucial to think about delivering that long-term customer value. And often when we are facing a short-term blip, particularly if it's in the face of poor performance rather than mass market disruption, often it's the long-term customer value that gets forgotten about or even deprioritized. Now, of course, no one consciously wants this. No one wants to, air quotes, forget about the customer, right? But when we're facing those short-term, usually financial targets, we definitely don't want to avoid it, right? We want to become more customer-centric as an entire organization and make sure that we're making the decisions that drive that long-term customer value. Review the proposition. Consider and take an honest look at your service levels. Align across the business. Look to build great experiences. Make your customers feel welcome. Build the trust. Build recommendations. Build loyalty. Encourage the repeat purchases. All the good stuff that you know and I'm sure love. But when you're thinking about long-term customer value, you also need to consider how to use sales and discounting as a sparingly used tool, right? That way, if you need to in the future, if you suddenly need to, face an unexpected situation and you need that short-term revenue, then suddenly you've got this sales opportunity, this discounting opportunity or excessive promos, whatever. You've got this opportunity that can be used as a genuine one-off. And this is a good example of making hay while the sun shines. If you are setting the expectations of price, value, discounting among your customers when times are good, then when times are bad, you've got those opportunities to fall back on so that great value really does stand out as great value, not just, oh, it's another sale. I'm not going to spend that because it's full price or that's just a regular occurrence, right? You want to build this unexpected opportunity for customers, right? But focusing on long-term customer value above all else makes it so much more likely that customers will choose you as the retailer of choice, the shop of choice in the future and in the long run. And that can be especially rewarding if you're facing short-term blips. Now, creating long-term value shouldn't come as any form of surprise, but also neither should leadership. Leadership is so incredibly important to help avoid short-term blips, although in a very indirect way, as I'm sure you can imagine. You need to have a visionary that can help to inspire people to look further into the future and play that long-term game, not just thinking about the short-term, like I say, financial targets, quarter-end, year-end, whatever that is. So you need to have a visionary to help inspire people. You need, as a leadership team, to be brave, 
to set long-term goals for your colleagues, your teams, your entire organization, and set long-term expectations for shareholders too. Falling back on Amazon, Jeff Bezos was a master, an absolute master at setting those long-term expectations for shareholders and investors into Amazon. When he was founding Amazon, like I say, many years ago, the expectation was this is a huge growth business, but not going to make any money for a long time. And what you saw was Jeff Bezos was encouraging people to reinvest back into the business, reinvest into that customer centricity, into building into new categories, new markets, new propositions, new business models. And what you saw during this time was the market starts to understand Amazon. They start to actually set up a huge value on the company, which many would argue was not representative of the profits that they were delivering at the time because they were more robust to those short-term blips. From a leadership perspective, you need to think about how you can build resilience both in yourself as well as teams and the organization as a whole. How do you build this resilience so that when there are those peaks and troughs, you stay true, you don't panic. You have that adaptability and that flexible leadership style that can adjust to any given situation. Additionally, leaders need to make great decisions. They need to be clear with what that particular decision is and help people understand the meaning and the implications of any given decision. In my book, Driving Retail Transformation, again, I talk about this as making bold decisions. And we've got a whole chapter on how to make bold decisions. Need to think about alignment across the organization. You know, we've spoken about clarity a few times and how to make everything easy to understand, not just talking in either sort of buzzwords or hollow words or big ethereal ideas. This is specific. You've got to be clear and specific. Consider how to be more consistent as a leader. You can't be running from flavor of the month to flavor of the month, right? How do you put up that North Star, that guiding light that acts as a long-term force for where you're going, right? We are heading there. We are going to be this company going forward. And you be consistent with everything you're doing to drive towards that goal. And that also, by the way, should be aspirational as well. Make people excited about the future so that when you suffer those short-term blips, people can still see where you're going in the long term. And connected to alignment is collaboration, of course, getting the wider organization involved and committed to that long-term vision. You know, there's so many different elements of leadership that we could lean into right now. But before we completely go down the leadership rabbit hole, you know, hopefully you're getting just how important it is to help avoid those short-term blips, but actually, you know, go peak to peak, right? Build that long-term plan. You've got to think about leadership integrity and trust. Do people believe in the direction that you're going? Do they believe in the decisions that you're making? Because if not, the changes will never be executed effectively. Motivation will fall off a cliff and aspects like openness and honesty and communication become ever so important in terms of building that trust and integrity. And trust is always such a, 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 an interesting word, I think often misunderstood in my view. So let me give you a thought about trust to consider. You want your organization, your team, your colleagues, your peers to trust you. You want people to trust 
you. But what do you want people to trust you with? What do you want people to trust you to do? Consider what element that is and then deliver on that time and time and time again. Consistency becomes key to building trust, but it's the behavior that people can trust you with. Is it that they trust you to be open with the truth? Is it that they trust you to update you on a regular basis? Is it that they trust you to always stand by colleagues? What is that trust in? And you could easily say, by the way, (laughs) a million things. I want people to trust me in a million different things. What is it you want people to trust you in most? So have a rethink about trust there for me and let me know how you get on. You can, of course, always reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me a message or email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Building long-term success plans is, of course, an element that everyone tries to do, right? No one wants to be focused on short-term goals and delivering performance numbers, but it still happens, right? But as we close out this episode, consider what is it you can intentionally do to step away from that short-term view? How can you intentionally look to the long term? Yes, if shareholders are expecting you to bring in numbers for the quarter end, it's going to be very difficult to just say, no, 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 we're completely changing our our, our ways of working, right? But how can you start to build in a greater percentage of your time thinking about that long term? How can you start the shift from today? And that's my ask of you. If you want to avoid the need for making those tough decisions between the short term and the long term, you need to intentionally start to think about that long term approach. Consider all of the different elements we've spoken about today. Thinking about your purpose, thinking about taking an honest look at the company or reviewing how you can be more proactive in your planning cycles. Consider how you can build up effective plans in both the long term and the short term and ultimately build robustness into that business model as you do that. Think about how you can build long term customer value. And of course, how do you present yourself as a leader to the rest of the organization? How do you show your behaviors, your attitudes, your viewpoint, your perspective on the importance and the opportunity and the excitement with that long term goal? Because if you lead the way, if you show how you can jump from peak to peak and not fall into the troughs, then there's a huge opportunity to encourage your organization and your team and the people to follow you. So thanks so much for tuning in today. This one has been episode 275. So you will find the show notes at obandco.uk slash 275. And remember to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing whilst you're over there. I do hope you've enjoyed this little look at the balancing of short-term and long-term. And do let me know your thoughts. Like I say, you'll find my details to get in touch at obandco.uk slash 275. But until the next time, keep transforming better. Bye for now.